Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It is great to have you here. This show, I want to talk about being a creative entrepreneur. There are a lot of barriers to really becoming a creative entrepreneur. There are a lot of people who do what they love to do. They love being photographers or they love photography as part of their job and maybe there's another creative endeavor. Maybe they're using the combination code, combining different skills together and photography is a part of it. But they're not quite a creative entrepreneur yet because there are some barriers. When I was in art school and I went to art school for photography, that's what my degree is in, I ran into a lot of people who love photography and they love the art of photography. They were, in many cases, much better photographers than I was in, in college. And they were tremendous. I mean, some people could take the simplest thing and just make just this incredible work that in ways I never thought of. They just had this creative mind and I, I in some cases I just felt I didn't have it but I I knew I was going to one make it through the program because out of sheer will even when they tried to call me out meaning they they call out they there were about 32 of us in the beginning of the program they said about eight of you will make it 12 of us made it so good so a third of us made it through the entire program and I knew even fewer of us were actually going to make a living because some of those who were still in the program, they were artists and they were excellent, but they looked at me with an evil eye because I was an entrepreneur. I was a creative entrepreneur. I was going to make money for my photography. Now, they, they liked the idea a little bit of making money from their work out of a gallery, but to actually work for a corporation or a company somewhere or to to be paid thousands and thousands of dollars it just it just didn't seem right to them it didn't sit in their heart and they're artists but they're not creative entrepreneurs they couldn't make money and a lot of times we feel guilty about making money from our passion from what we love to do and sometimes that desire sometimes sours what we love to do. We love photography, but when you have to depend on photography as your income, kind of sours your taste for photography. It can. It can. And I've seen it happen many, many times. I recently saw an article in F-Stoppers. I think it was F-Stoppers. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you have a link to the article or the research, feel free to put it in the show notes, creative, uh, the comments at RoshSillers.com, where this podcast is hosted. But what the bottom line of the article stated is that people want to pay photographers less because they enjoy what they do. They enjoy photographing. And because you enjoy what you do, you can't be paid more for it. You know, it Unlike the plumber, the plumber doesn't necessarily love what they do. And I'm sure there are many plumbers who love what they do, but not the same way as a photographer loves what they do. 
unless, I mean, I think a lot of plumbers look at the problem solving aspect. And I think a lot of photographers look at the problem solving aspect of what they do. But the general public doesn't look at it that way. And many of us photographers, creative entrepreneurs, are problem solvers to create, help create the vision or create a vision for our client. And so this problem that they are unwilling to pay us because of that fact. And so it's, it's two parts because not only do they feel that way, many of us as photographers feel the same way. I love what I do. How can I take money, especially early on? especially early on, or I just don't deserve a lot of money because this, that really, I, I just, it, it took a 125th of a second to create that image and how can I accept hundreds if not thousands of dollars for that image? How, how can I do that? That's just not right. It didn't, because we're looking at this as a time-based thing versus a creative effort and the value of that image that was created. And so the combination of the view of the photographer and the photographer's view of themselves can be a real problem. But there's a third element, too, and that, of course, is supply and demand. Of course, there's a high supply of photographers. There's also great demand for photography. But there is a ton of photography out there and a ton of photographers out there. And as we've often talked about, it is about developing your brand. That that's what's going to separate you and put you where you want to be, people who want you as a photographer. So in the process of becoming a creative entrepreneur, we have to get over the idea that we are not worth what we are worth. We have to feel, look, you know, this is my time, my effort, my creativity, my eye. No one has my eye. I can create wonderful images. And I deserve what people pay me. And you need to let go of the people who don't want to pay you. They can't be your customers and they can't have your work. They're not looking for you. They're looking for a photographer, someone who can create the image as a commodity rate, based on the commodity rate. They don't care who it is. They just need the image. You want people who want you. So that helps get rid of the second two parts. The commodity element at least lessens it. Never, You never get rid of it. We all face the price issue along the way. We just have to decide if we're participating or not. And of course, that just depends on many factors, which obviously I can't decide for you, nor you for me, when the time, the time comes. So you want those people who want you. And you're a creative entrepreneur who's out there. Now, there are other problems that creative entrepreneurs have. And that has to do with self-development. It has to do with self-discipline. Are you a disciplined person? Because if you don't have a boss telling you what to do, it's pretty easy to get up at 11 o'clock in the morning. A creative entrepreneur goes to work every single day. And I'm tapping into my Stephen Pressfield War of Art. If you have not read that book, you must. And you have to get up and go to work every day. I was up at 7 o'clock. My wife gets up early because she has a regular 9 to 5 job in the medical field. And we, we go work out. And I'm often at work working, doing touch-up or maybe 
SEO work on one of my sites or updating things in my social media or on my website, I'm working by six or seven. It used to be a lot earlier when she had a job that was earlier. Now I get to sleep in an extra hour. So we're sometimes we're getting up at six and I'm working by seven, seven thirty, but that's still pretty good. And I get a lot done. As a creative entrepreneur, you need to take the time to get up and go to work every single day. Now, in the beginning, a lot of times we don't have enough work to fill our day, which can be very dangerous. Have you ever heard the idea, if you want to get something done, give it to the busy person? Because the busy person will slot it into the right time frame and get that thing done when they have time during three to, and four. And they'll get it done. Where the, the person who doesn't have anything going on, yeah, we can do that tomorrow. I'll get it done. You know, it, th there's, there's no urgency to get things done or be organized about it. And that's the same for you. So what I often recommend, if you're finding yourself in that pattern, and it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a 20-year veteran, sometimes we have cycles in our business and sometimes it's a little slower. So you can say, okay, I'm going to work for the first half of the day. In the second half, I'll do something else. Now that's something else. Could be networking and marketing efforts. It could be a personal project. Get outside with your camera and create. Get in the studio and create. Do something. Call a friend. Take photos. Go to a networking event. Check the Chamber of Commerce and see what's going on. Just fill your morning with work and afternoon with work or planned activities. If you're new to the photography industry, maybe you can find a part-time job in the beginning. At least you won't be quite as desperate for work. Remember, you're in a negotiation position. You're, you're negotiating. And if you have a little bit of money coming in, the desperation will not be there if you have to say no. This person is looking for a photographer, wants me to do it for free, wants to do it speculation, which of course, in the end, they'll say they don't want it or they'll give you a deep, ask for a deep discounted rate. I mean, th these are very non-loyal people. So you want people who want you. So it takes time to find those people who want you and your style and will refer you to other people who want you and your style. So you need that time to find those people. It's not going to happen right off the bat. And so having a part-time job, which you can gradually do less and less of as you earn more and more clients, that's a better way to go. Now, some people have a, have a job or a part-time job and they're in photography and they don't care about price and never will. And that, that's, you know, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm talking about the person who understands that to grow their business, they, they understand their cost of doing business. They understand what they need to do. They backwards engineered what is necessary to win, to survive. What is it that they need to make? How many jobs do they have? Where are their opportunities? What is their unique selling proposition, for, to use a kind of a corporate world phrase? We, we like to think of it as the combination code, combining different things to our, it could be a style, it could be a technology. There are a number of 
items that we could attach to our photography skills and talents that can separate us from the competition. Being a creative entrepreneur takes discipline. And we have to understand that there are even more issues down the road once we start gaining traction, such as our self-worth. Talking about that again, I mean, that's something we struggled with in the beginning about maybe people paying us for what we love to do. But now we get down the road and we are starting to earn our, our clients and we're getting work and you know, I was like, wow, we, 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 we're paying the bills now. Everything's good. And you stop. You stop growing. You stop pursuing more. We've got our good. We don't need to do anymore. And that is quite often the point at which our business starts to, to decline. You always have to keep growing. Now, you can focus on growing at a slower pace if you are rather comfortable. You think you're doing well, your days are full, but you still need to do the marketing. You still need to do the networking. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself like a lot of photographers through the years, waking up one day and realizing they're kind of irrelevant. I mean, they're not irrelevant, but they think they are because all of their clients that they once had are gone. The industry shifted. Maybe the clients, the area they specialized in, that that group of people that they knew when they were younger and maybe even hung out with and networked with, they're gone. They moved on to new places. They've retired. And these slowly went away. You didn't realize how quickly. You knew you, knew you had to do something. But one day, that final, that final client left and you realize, where'd all my friends go? What happened? We often criticize photographers who, and I've talked about this in my videos, that you know were that quit during the digital revolution around the turn of the century. A lot of them just quit photography because they couldn't change with the times. And a lot of the younger photographers, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> what's your problem? Can't you deal with the new technology? And now it's twenty years later. And some of those same people who were kind of looking at those digital photography are complaining about other types of technology that have that has changed photography. If you don't continue to learn as a creative entrepreneur, you're going to get left behind. You have to understand what is new. And I'm not just talking about the newest equipment, but understanding mirrorless, which is something that's big right now, but there are other types of visual creation going on out there, such as augmented reality and virtual reality and understanding how your work could play into that. That may be necessary to be a creative visual artist in the future. Do you have to understand a little bit of video? Maybe you didn't in the year 2000. Your camera did not create video. At least your DSLR didn't in the early 2000s. So my point being is that, and I'll always say this, I've, I've been saying it a lot lately to a lot of people, a lot of photographers. The fact is, 
two, three, four years from now, photography is totally changed. And a lot of it's coming from the software where software can totally create a face, a landscape on its own. You could create a beautiful mountain scene just by drawing it and it's photo quality. And that's only going to get better through the use of AI. So understanding what the changes are, rather than being afraid of them and giving up, put your camera on the hook and leaving, shutting the door, how can you apply all this new stuff to what you're doing and change? Because ever since the beginning of photography, photography was a new technology all the way through. And I, and I say this often on the podcast because I, I think we all need to hear it over and over again, photography never stops changing. It's only the photographers that are standing still and then waking up later and wondering what happened. So as a creative entrepreneur, you are on top of it. You are always learning, always pushing the edge and trying new ways to share your work, create work, and make yourself valuable to society. I want to share a little secret. Something I was talking to somebody today with. Last fall, when I, when I sold Rosh.com, I, I sold it a, about a year and a half ago, I had to reform a lot of my portfolios and I totally lost Detroit Photographer. I had already been back a little bit, but Detroit Photographer I was not focused on. I was mostly focused on food. And when I redid everything, I put it under um, other domains and using subdomains for my portfolios. And 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 I regained and, and I gained a food photographer for Detroit, Michigan. I'm pretty solidly number one. Maybe you slip back number two once in a while. But I knew I wanted to push architecture. And so last fall, I worked really hard on my architectural site and made some upgrades. And I'm sitting at one, number one, number two for Detroit, architectural photographer and related in Michigan. And I was ready for this spring because this traditionally was the time. I didn't receive one, one inquiry. Not one. I said, wait a minute. I mean, this worked, always worked before. Why is it that my architectural portfolio, I, I would always get people looking. Obviously, the market has changed. Something has changed. Now, is it my portfolio? It could be my, let's be honest, maybe it's my portfolio. Maybe my portfolio is not at the level, but I think it is. I mean, it's at least at the level that they could inquire because I know the competition and the competition isn't that much better if it's about being better. I'm at least in the game, in the ballpark, and if I'm the first one on the page, at least I'm going to get an inquiry whether I get the job or not. Those are different issues, not even inquiries sitting at number one. So that is one area of photography. I know there have been huge changes since, and we're just talking a couple, two, three years ago. I was getting, I was getting inquiries just a couple years ago off the web. And I really figured